0: I hate this town I hate this fucking town I don't even want to be in this town I know I are to leave this town I'm gonna take this down my dog You know this town must run it now. This fucking town We can leave this town I'm walking on the grass and I've never seen this town She's got dreams too big for this town We're gonna teach this town we're stuck in this town
1: Hello and welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a thousand pop-punk and emo-pop retrospective. I'm, as always, Elaine, and we meet there is just one person this time.
2: I am Fletcher, and I have crossed Jordan for the last time.
1: Ah, uh, we are, as always, a pop-punk and emo-pop retrospective. We're going through every single record tagged as either pop-punk or emo-pop on Rate Music. That charted on Billboard between 1999 and 2013. Gonna review them. Because we hate ourselves. I hate this. Fletch. This
2: is not a week that is going to lead with us being very positive, but I promise, as always, I get creatively scathing. So this week, we are talking about Something Corporate's Leaving Through the Window from 2002.
1: I, we've talked about a lot of bad records. I don't think this is, like, a horrible record. I don't think I ever had, like, just a immediate reaction, negative reaction to any record ever that we've talked on this podcast. I hate this. I load this, this just gets under my skin in a way that I didn't think was possible um i I don't know i I want to make another podcast let's let's do another podcast today.
2: if you have any kind of topic I'm down
1: um no, I don't damn it.
2: Well, we did listen to the album, so we might as well rip this Band-Aid off.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I, when I started this podcast, I wanted to talk about nice things. I always say this. I say this every episode. I wanted to talk about nice things, things that I enjoy. And then this happened. Our next two weeks are
2: positive. They're the Get Up Kids and Avril Lavigne.
1: Oh. no. You think we'll be positive about Avril Lavigne? I think I'll be positive about Avril Lavigne. Okay, you'll be... You'll be the one doing that, I guess. You're... Wait, you're surprised by that? I... Yeah, I mean, I only know the single from those records. I hate this shit. Really? Not a fan? Okay, that's... Hmm.
2: Maybe I'm just a sucker for female vocalists. I'd... I... Those songs are so bad. They are much more pop than punk. That's kind of why they work for me. But they're not good pop. No, they're bubblegum pop that has, like, a nail in the middle of it just to make it hard. That's it.
1: I would rather listen to actual bubblegum pop than whatever those records are, but whatever. Let us talk about this, this thing. All right
0: can imagine all the people that you know And the places that you go When the lights are turned down low And I don't understand all the things you've seen But I'm slipping in between You and your big dreams It's always you in my big dreams.
2: So, something corporate forms with Andrew McMahon, no relation, on voice and piano, Josh Partington on the guitar, Kevin Page, also no relation, on the bass guitar, Brian Ireland on drums, and Richard Hernandez on rhythm guitar. If you can tell me which guitarist is playing at any given time on this record, I will be surprised.
1: I am surprised that these dudes have two guitarists because Three. Yeah, well if you count the bass, but like in terms of uh, actual guitar, um because like I half of the songs you cannot hear the guitar anywhere. It's just like shitty strings. I hate this. I hate this so much. I hate this so much.
2: It does happen.
1: But yeah, half of the group meets up while attending Dana Hills High School, which is another one of those high schools that has its own Wikipedia page, so I assume it's like another, like, shitty, posh place for, like, rich assholes? You are correct, because Dana Point,
2: where it resides, is next to the Mission San Juan Capistrano
1: and part of Orange County. We have learned on this podcast previously that Orange County is uh, particularly bad.
2: Yes. The show did give us one of the first amazing viral memes, though, and I still laugh every time I think about that song.
1: That, that Yeah. Yeah. Which is unfair. That Imogen hip record is fine. Oh, yeah. The record is perfectly lovely,
2: but... That song becoming shorthand for we're trying for emotional manipulation that we haven't earned is great.
1: (laughs) But yeah, the rest of the band joins up in 1998, when they actually come up with the name Something Corporate. The band initially has problems finding gigs, um, as most of them are still under 18 and or 21 at the time, but eventually they get to play a couple of venues, start building a small local following, and... you know, you know how this goes. Every band is like the same. <laughs> like, like.
2: That's my favorite uh, Trent Reznor song on that album.
1: I, I actually don't like Nine Inch Nails much. I think this is the distinction between
2: you and I.
0: Hmm.
2: <laughs> a likes Nine Inch Nails queer <laughs> and a not a fan of Nine Inch Nails queer.
0: Yeah,
2: I am a mountain goats queer. That's true. You do have that folk rock spirit in your blood. <laughs> sure. Tell me I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair.
2: Two of your favorite artists are They Might Be Giants and The Mountain Goats. The Might Giants are not
1: folk rock. They have, like...
2: They're folk adjacent. Uh. In 2000, funded by the owner of a local venue they played at, the band will finance the recording of their first act record, Ready... Break! I have no idea why we are covering them, because since their inception, with... You know, even this album, they're basically just bad alt-rock. And while they have an ever-so-slightly harder edge when they're younger, their debut record is more of a third-eye blind than any kind of emo act of the times.
1: Or Nine Days. Yes. None of the songs on this or the their previous record or the record that we'll talk about today are nearly as good as Absolutely Story of a Girl, which I feel is like the peak... Of that kind of, like, shitty old radio rock era? I'm
2: gonna say Savage Garden was better.
1: Yeah, but Savage Garden was more electronic, if I remember correctly. Like, they had more synth shit going on.
2: 50-50, but then you had ballads like Truly, Madly, Deeply.
1: Surely better than anything on their debut record, including a song that will... I didn't know that the song was in the record that we're gonna talk about today and so i noted down that drunk girl might be the worst thing i've listened since we've covered sugarcoat and this guys decided to just re-record that for their major label debut because i guess it was so good
2: i, I think i've mentioned an old british uh, music magazine joke that was albums we'd like to see from certain bands and one of them was Coldplay, beer and titties that that's what that song would have literally sounded like is the track <laughs> drunk girl
1: <laughs> okay yeah
2: i love that joke i love that joke so much that i'm still <laughs> quoting it about 20 years later
1: uh, yeah, no, I mean, I cannot argue with that. That is, um, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, the record also has what is probably the most quote unquote iconic song uh, within something corporate fans, which is Constantine. It is a nine minute song that was recorded live. And it's nine minutes because after the six minutes or so that the song is, is more like five minutes, the singer basically improvises the last four minutes because the girl the song was about was at that show and he wanted to really, really impress her and get her back. And I don't know, it's like creepy all the bullshit. I will, it is not a song that I enjoyed. It's nine minutes, and when it goes into improvisation, you can really feel it because the lyrics start making no sense at all, and it's clearly just like slam poetry is coming up with on the spot. And um, yeah, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're like a something corporate fan. I lose this. I think this is hot. This is. Okay, I don't think this is horrible. I think if you're into this kind of shit, this is extremely well-crafted. I love this on principle. I think, at the core, this kind of music is horrible. <laughs> I spent the last 36 episodes every time a band has the shitty radio rock ballad saying that shitty radio rock ballads are the worst thing ever. This is a band that only makes shitty radio rock ballads. I cannot i I cannot handle it in my little tiny brain, and I will die soon or eventually I will die eventually.
2: as the token sex haver on this episode, I will say that I will also not stand up for Constantine. Okay. did you listen to it? Uh I was going to try and do that before I discovered it was nine minutes long, and that's not happening.
1: yeah. I mean you could check out the lyrics very quickly because I seem to remember
2: that it has some gems come on that's a reference to yo know, just getting it between her tits in the first verse but I'm slipping in between you and your big dreams
1: <laughs> oh no oh no I didn't notice that one. <sighs> Just imagine being this girl who apparently dumped the guy and, like, have a nine-minute song about all of this shit sung directly at you in a live context. That's creepy. No good song has verse
2: nine in the pop-punk space. (laughs) Chorus three. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, this is really bad when it just becomes begging to what I guess is the woman in the audience at one point. Did you know I've missed you? And did you know I've missed you? Did you know I miss you? And did you know I miss you? Did you know I miss you? God, I miss you. I cut out five lines of that. How How much, how much must this have been insane for everyone at that show who had the context for what was going on here
1: i did not call this creepy without a reason like this is i don't know maybe there are people out there who like this shit like not the song people can like the song it's fine but like this kind of situation feels like extremely creepy and manipulative and like And the guy, like, describes it and is like, oh, this is this cool story about our band. No, we're being (sighs) a shit, (laughs) In
2: 2001, guitar player Richard Hernandez will leave the band via Apple on the Head when he is replaced by William Tell. Shortly after that, the band will begin touring in support of Sugar Ray and Better Than Ezra, noted pop-punk legends. Eventually... They build up enough connection to land a deal with Drive-Through Records and release the EP "Audio Boxer." <laughs> None of us listen to Audio Boxer. Uh, that EP will feature the most annoying single by the band. If you see Jordan, and
1: you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a thing that I will explain only later. Okay. Uh, if you think Jordan is probably my top three from this record,
2: I hate to say it, but. Two of the three singles are my top tracks on this just because they sound different. I will say I have a passionate hatred for this song because after it debuted, it became used in so much of the marketing for one of the worst dramas NBC put on in this era, Crossing Jordan. It was a crime drama that had massive production problems over and over, Uh, They would air cliffhanger finales out of order to try and hide an actress being pregnant, among other things. And I remember it because I did the research on this and I got to laugh out loud when I discovered that the season finale for the year they were canceled had to be hastily refilmed after the cancellation because the show's final episode of the season was going to end with a plane crash where everyone save one person who died was going to be stranded atop a mountain, and then they'd just pick up the next season and decide who was going to come back after contract negotiations.
1: That is... that. I love that. However,
2: because they did not get... or they got the warning ahead of time that, okay, this is it, this is the end, they suddenly scrambled to make a new finale because they did not want their show to end with everyone dying in the Alps.
1: I mean, you know, that that's a way to end things.
2: And so, all of a sudden, there's just a last-minute rescue on the mountain. It's like, oh, cool, we're all good. <laughs> oh, they, they still stranded them on the mountains. But then, like, an ambulance comes by or something. Yeah,
1: because they already had the, they already filmed the crash. No, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. You already have the footage. Why, why throw it away?
2: Yeah, you just throw away the actual uh, all ending. These
0: fucked up things I did. Hey, maybe, baby, you could keep me up in bed, my constancy Spin around me like a dream. We played out on this movie screen. And I said, Did you know I've missed you? And did you know I've missed you? And did you know I've missed you? did you know I miss you, did you know I miss you did you know I miss you? God, I miss you. And then you bring me home and we'll go to sleep.
2: And so in two thousand two, while Crossing Jordan is trying to hide their lead actress's pregnancy. The record we talk about today, Leaving Through the Window, is released. Produced by Jim Wint, he of the amazing tweets, and distributed by Drive Through and MCA, they will upgrade their contract to an MCA one and give videos to three tracks Punk Rock Princess, I Woke Up in a Car, and If You See Jordan. This is such a commercial success, the band will attend the Warp Tour in
1: 2002. Yeah, all of the singles get some significant alternative station play and the record tops the 200 records billboard charts at 101, like the Domations, and stays there for two weeks. And also gets some inexplicably, like, really good press reaction, so it's generally a success. And yeah, MCA is fairly happy with how this record performs. That, that is it. I don't. I don't. I don't have anything else to say about the background of this record. I was very annoyed during my research because this is not. This is not just stuff that I don't like. This is not. You know, I get really annoyed when we get like a stinker like this, and it's not even a pop punk record, because we've talked about like Zebrahead, which wasn't great. But it was like fun, pop punk, it was like in the genre, it was interesting, and so that was enjoyable. We've talked about Finch, which everyone hated, and I was like, yes, here's some like actual emo music. And then we have to talk about shitty radio rock that has nothing to do with this genre, except fucking, fucking radio music tagged as pop punk and emo pop. So now we have to talk about it. I will say this. I did
2: save one of the reviews from punknews.org at the time because it's beautiful and it gets in and out and it just, I feel like you're going to enjoy this. This CD is too fucking long. I just wanted to get that out of the way right up front so you know. Well, what can I say about the band? They're listed as punk on the MCA Records webpage. As an interesting side note, the band is also listed in their pop category Much Better. In the album's 14 tracks, there is not a single hint of punk anywhere to be found, save the title Punk Rock Princess. Uh, Like I said, there's 14 tracks, and the album clocks in at a way-too-long 5728. For a pop band with a gimmick, the liberal use of piano in the tracks, this is way too long, and each song seems to enjoy sauntering in at the four-minute mark, acting like the musical embodiment of a drunk uncle at Christmas who won't leave. These songs like to beat their choruses into your head over and over so you don't forget them, and I'll be damned if every song isn't named after the hook. There's no message in these titles. I woke up in a car. Drunk girl. You're gone. Want to guess what the song's about? I figured as much. Unfortunately, the band felt the need to recycle a lot of old material. Three tracks from their audio box or EP all get repeated, as well as a handful of songs from their first full length. That's tacky and insulting even to fans, in my opinion. Overall, if you want a decent pop album to hum in the background and you want to drop the 15 bucks, then go for it. There is nothing special about this whatsoever. Go buy a Ben Folds 5 album if you want good piano-driven f- pop, or if you want more eclectic stuff, which this band doesn't even think about going into, pick up the new Ben Queller album. This is a newfound glory album, just slower and with more flourishes.
1: Don't, don't buy a Ben Folds 5 album, please. Like um, ben Folds. Uh... That is a very good review. Yeah, I I wanted to say something, but I forgot what I wanted to say, so let's talk about this record.
2: Want to save us the trouble? What? I was making a joke about track one. I want to save you.
1: Oh, yeah. This sucked. (laughs) Well.
2: I love that the very first thing that comes out of your mouth is this sucked.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, this is actually one of the best songs on the record, despite the lyrics being, like, extremely sleazy, nice guy, bullshit. Hmm. Like, not even American Hi-Fi was this unsubtle with, like, the, the, the whole, like, you know, two-stone Nintendo thing. Here's the thing. This is, this is almost, this is almost a Reliant K-ish, lyrically. It's like, oh, you have, you have this bad lifestyle, but I will save you through love. Yeah, this
2: uh-huh. is very much the exact same song as Flavor of the Week, but without a catchy hook. Because, yeah, both of these are just, girl, you could do better. I'm better. Why don't we do each other? But it doesn't have any of the smoothness of what I just said. And in this one, he just repeats, I want to save you over and over, throwing in, oh, I need you to save me, too, here and there.
1: Yeah, I... I Here's the thing. Okay, so American Hi-Fi did the same thing and it was like, you know, he treats you badly, and so on, and so on, I want to save you is such a charged statement, like, there's some weight to that, that I feel makes it, I don't know, makes it feel off in this context, right, it's like, there is some self-importance in someone saying I want to save you rather than being like oh I, I wish you would like me because your boyfriend is a jerk like both of them are like you know nice guy bullshit but I want to save you is creepier because I want to save you feels like the guy who's saying it is really thinks this is like an important big thing and will probably like point a gun at you at some point
2: Here's the difference between this and the American Hi-Fi track to me, uh, especially with the obvious skipped, which is they have better pacing and energy. But in that song, you get a picture of the boyfriend, you get a picture of the girlfriend. In this track, only once do we even mention there's a boyfriend. It could just be she has a bad string of one night stands and doesn't value herself, but none
1: of this is told. That is why I almost compared it to Reliant K, because yeah. it almost feels like it's your—it's not about like a specific thing, it's like it's your lifestyle. I want to save you from your lifestyle, and that's even worse.
2: There's more griping about how she doesn't like her job than her boyfriend. <laughs> its It's a very weird track, especially that... I need you to save me, but I want to save you too. What what exactly do you think the relationship is going to be if the something corporate guy sweeps her off her feet and takes her away from this? Uh, bad. I think it will be a unique sort of bad. I think it will be a misery sort of bad. But I definitely don't think it's going to be a boring pump it and get out kind of bad like it seems she has now
1: to the upside musically this is one of the best things on the record i feel
2: uh i actually think this track is mixed like shit and i couldn't hear his vocals a couple of times
1: i didn't have this problem which is interesting i didn't have
2: it on every track but there's a few where i was i even ran it by some of the people in the house who um when i did so took a hit of a bong and left the room but they did confirm they also couldn't hear it.
1: That is, that is one possible reaction to this record. Um, I don't know. I like the production of this record. I really like it. I think especially like with the strings and the piano and the synths, everything is like extremely well-crafted. Even the songs that I hate are like... I have to admit that if you're going to write a song for the radio, this is how you do it. I hate it. I hate this genre of music, but... This is how you do it, and this song specifically is just, like, sort of perfect in a lot of sense, like, again, the strings are so subtle, like, there are a lot of songs in this record where the strings go really ham, but in this specific song, the strings are really subtle, there are some synth highlight bits that I really like, the bridge is sort of good, it could use being a bit harder, but it... It's what Radio likes the melodic uh, bridge. I don't know. Like, I agree that the chorus, especially compared with Two Stone Nintendo, which will enter the history of music forever, the chorus is sort of bland, but it's also that kind of sort of familiar, pleasant bland. Like, it's that kind of bland that is like... There are like about 50 songs like this that were on the radio with this almost same exact chorus, and it feels familiar because of that and pleasant. I don't know. The verbs build up nicely. They build up some tension. I think this is a really well... Like, at least structurally, it's a really well-written song. It's probably the, the, the highlight of the record. And then the lyrics are... Bad.
2: Yeah, I think we're going to go with the lyrics are bad a few times.
1: Oh, you mean on every single track on this record? There's a couple... I will be kinder to, but
2: I'm about to say that before we go on to Punk Rock Princess, which whoo doggy. So do we want to do we want to talk about the video or the audio first?
1: I have not seen any of the video sadly. Okay.
2: This video is an anorexic kitty pride who keeps phasing in and out of reality scowling the entire time while people have fun around her. And I think it's supposed to mean that she's too punk to fit into your world but like when she goes into a grungy club and she's still kind of hating all life, I feel like you don't know what a punk rock princess is supposed to be doing. And meanwhile, four twinks are trying to be metal on a stage whenever we cut back to the band.
1: Yeah, so this is a harder song for the for this record. And uh, it doesn't work... These guys don't work when you have guitars going on. Like... It's just like, it's this song structurally is very similar to the previous song, but it's way less produced, and it's a lot more like guitars going on. I mean, I mean it's not punk. There's nothing punk about this song, but it's definitely more of a rock song. And uh, I don't buy it. I, I don't think this guy's voice works in this context. I don't think their songwriting works in this context. I really dislike this song musically. It feels like... The the good part of this record is, like, a lot of the pop production on it, which just sort of makes some things work. And this is just, like, doesn't have that. Anyhow, I'm watching the, the video, and this is, uh... These guys look like Reliant K. I cannot take them seriously on this song. I also couldn't tell if the one
2: in orange had a shirt that said Toronto for no reason, or if it just said Toronto.
1: What?
2: yeah What? it's it's written under the car highway whatever on the orange shirted guy but he's got a guitar strap so i can't tell if it's the full word toronto or if it just says toront
1: and i can't tell because nothing about that shirt looks like toronto yeah i'm I, this is the first time that i'm actually looking at how this band looks and first of all they look exactly how you think they look they yep. look like a like a 90s, like, sort of, like, radio alternative band. And two, like, I, I, they really, I'm, they're selling me the song Punk Rock Princess even less than just in the song by just looking like that. Like, also, that blonde hair should not be saying the word punk at any point. That blonde hair should not be saying, I would be your heroine.
2: Which, you know, part of the chorus over and over. If I could be your first real heart rate, I would do it over again. If you could be my punk rock princess, I would be your heroine. Mm -hmm. I think they just heard that there were punk songs about a drug and didn't know what any of it meant. So they
1: had to (laughs) drop it. Yeah. Um... It's so weird also the song has a couple of like really condescending line like the one about like oh and you can tell me about you don't fit in feels very sarcastic in a way that i don't know doesn't really fit the song there's a lot about this song that a
2: better band could turn into a mockery but this is not that band like this is a stone temple pilots diss track except Unlike Scott Wyland, you will never believe any of these boys has even seen a picture of heroin. Look. That's the white one, right? You snort it? No, man, I saw it once. Some guy got it in his weed and then he was just like foaming at the mouth. He bit a couch.
1: I mean, that I feel that it's accurate, but uh, let's go to woke up in a car.
2: Oh, do we have to?
1: It's the most fucking 90s piano played there. Like, I've heard this on, like, just every single alt-rock song of this era. The radio ones, at least. And um, it sort of sounds like Reliant K also. <laughs> a lot of this
2: album comes off to me like, what if Ben Foltz had a head injury just because of the piano? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen people doing that comparison, and it doesn't help because I actually don't like Penfolds. To me, again, they remind me more like Third Eye Blind, you know, the the Nine Days, all of those people. Maybe mixed with a bit of, like, The Calling, because they have the ballads. (laughs) The Calling was the worst band. God, do you remember The Calling? They were the worst. I remember The Calling. Yeah, they were the worst.
2: In what is always a great sign nearly every lyric has an annotation on Genius for what is a puddle-deep song. And I could read off the fact that this guy just name-drops city after city with no concept of actual geography, but instead, I'm just going to tell you that I cannot stand this song, Uh especially the chorus that is just the words, Well, I woke up in a car, over and over, and then talking about how a river is blowing him, and I will just give you some of the best annotations. Genius said it best. A song about a traveling spirit, the singer describes the way he's always on the move and the exhilarating feeling of always being in unfamiliar towns, yet always feeling like he's in the right place. For anyone who's experienced the difference between New York City and the small upstate town of Poughkeepsie, they will know the difference between the two locales is particularly stark. The she in the song is a potential love interest, or perhaps just his mother. She is from San Diego, which could also be home from the singer, and wants to see that if a flight out can connect through Arizona, but he instead decides to stay in a state of being semi-lost and seeing the country in a car.
1: Like, musically this is not awful, it's just like, I, I don't care. It's not doing anything for me. And, yeah, lyrically, this is just... I don't know. The two previous songs were worse lyrically, just off of being, like, actively, like, bad. But the delivery on
2: this tanks it.
1: Yeah, this guy's voice is, um, a choice. I think it works on some of the ballads, um, and doesn't work on a lot of other things. There are...
2: Two more quotes I'm going to read and I'm done. And I saved the best for last. Okay. One is an actual quote that has some actual information in it, which is where the songwriter talks about the meaning of the song before playing it on a late show. He said he was on tour in a 15-passenger van when he woke up crossing a bridge over the Mississippi River. He cleaned the fog off the window and said, Finally, I'm home. That's what the chorus is about. and then. The actual lyric: If I were her, I'd paint my body until all my skin was gone. I know it's talking about tattoos, but I really—that is one of the most serial killer ways I could ever hear that
1: phrased. Uh, can we can we talk about a thing before we continue? Sure. This album is 14 songs long. Would you mention that? This album is 14 songs long for an hour of album, basically. Why? Yeah. Why? 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 Yeah. <laughs> why? Nothing. Why? <laughs> why is it 14 songs long?
2: <laughs> nothing is under three minutes. Most of it is four plus.
1: Why is it 14 songs long? <laughs> and again,
2: as the reviewer pointed out, so much of this is just recycled from their prior releases.
1: Why? Is, why? Why are, like, the last three albums that we talked about on this we were all like 13, 14, 15 songs long. Why? Uh, it's because we have Angered God. And this G- Al- Goldfinger had like two minute songs and like prank phone calls. I never missed a prank phone call in a record in my life until now. None of the tracks is an interlude on this record. None of the tracks is a prank phone call. It's 14 tracks, all of them are over 3 minutes long, most of them around 4 minutes long, and there's no reason for that. No no one wants 57 minutes of something corporate. I'm assuming not even the biggest fan of something corporate weren't 50 seconds no. minutes of this thing.
2: Do you know who wants 57 minutes of something corporate? Andrew McMahon, because he thinks... That more is better, which is why noodling and improvising for four minutes was his plan to get a girl back
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i I'm sorry i again, I wanted this podcast to be like a positive thing, and i I am this record this record just takes the worst part of myself and just like. Pulls them out and like enlarged them um oh
2: you mean like the next track a story a bitter anthem for everyone to hear a what that's the title of the track no it's if you see jordan and that's the opening <laughs> lyrics
1: <laughs> let's talk about if you see jordan
0: just- Oh
1: Is sort of right. good why is this song sort of good I hate this uh, hard disagree it's really catchy I found myself no! I found myself humming the chorus without noticing throughout the day this song is the most
2: I have wanted to blow my brains out prepping for this show.
1: Look, I hate every single one of the lyrics on this. They're like really whiny and weird and like the, you know, the incarnation of the living in your head rent-free meme. Uh, But it's sort of catchy, sort of I, I, I've been humming this all day for some reason. I'm not doing it on purpose. It's just, my brain is pulling up this melody. (laughs)
2: Yes, I guarantee it's only the melody, because if you could remember any of these lyrics, you would be clawing at your skull.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, like, I don't like the instrumentation. It's, like, very flat compared to the rest of this record. And, uh, I don't know. They tried to do a story song, except that it's completely awful. And still, the chorus is so irwarmy. If this was two minutes, I think it would be good. And it's still, as it is, one of my favorite songs of the record, just because it's I it's stuck in my head for some reason.
2: You try to fight me down at Tyler's Beach, and man, I think that's great. And then you drove home real quick. Did you make it in time to masturbate? Real lyrics! Yeah, so this
1: is a song about the singer having a beef with someone. Actually named Jordan. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's so, like... Involved? I don't know how to describe it. It's so, like, this guy's living in your head rent-free. And I don't know how, like, humor is in the song. I don't think it's meant to be sarcastic. I don't know. No, according to interviews,
2: this appears to be real grudges this dude held for so long that they put this track on two albums. It's a single. Have you seen the video? How's the video? It's... A guy in a terrible redhead wig just going through a school, flipping tables and tripping people. And then, because the band are more mature, they all come back as adults and take over the school and just decide to mock him mercilessly. (laughs) And they bring the piano. It's like, okay, I feel like there's two responses from the actual Jordan when a song like this happens. The first is, if you have matured since you left high school, you look at this and go, oh man, like I I feel real bad. But on the other hand, this song proves that you needed to be beaten up. And on the other, if you're still an asshole, you just got a dude so mad at you that he continued playing this song. It's like, I am the best alpha ever. You do not win if you are the songwriter and you wrote if you see (laughs) Jordan. It is one of the biggest posting your own L's I've ever seen in music.
1: Welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a a retrospective of pop punk and emo pop through Twitter references.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Also, I gotta say, if you end your song with, you'll always be a little redhead bitch, fight me, fucker. (laughs) Anyhow, that's it
1: no this song is this song is awful and yet that chorus that chorus stuck in my head somehow
2: the funniest part is they just played that first line over and over as part of the ads for crossing jordan because you can't use any other line from this song
1: oh yeah they're not gonna use the ending of the song for their ads
2: (laughs) well even then here's the chorus If you see Jordan, he makes me sick, high school's over, and you still won't quit. You can only use one line of that. The final chorus would have been even funnier if they used it, but they didn't. Where it's just, fuck you, Jordan, you make me sick, high school's over, you'll always be a little bitch. Someone heard this, had the same reaction you did, which is, wow, that's catchy. And then they went, what if we pay for the whole song? to use a single line
1: every week. You'll pay for the whole song, but you'll only need one line. <laughs> but you'll only need the verse. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, uh, this is imp- this record is impressive lyrically, like in the wrong way, in a way that's like, that no one looked at this and went like, dude, that's, uh, that sort of sucks. <laughs> that doesn't make you come out very well I just it's so
2: amazing to me that this is one of the tracks they were so proud of it's been on multiple releases consecutively
1: it doesn't amaze me because another track that they were very proud of and that it was a multiple releases repeatedly was the drunk girl track so oh we're getting yeah, there we'll get there um I don't know that's uh, the astronaut is a song for you. It's like radio rock bullshit, really. It's like really slow, and uh, has cheesy strings, and mellow slow singing, and I hate it. Like, it's well-crafted for what it is. Like, the strings add something, but I hate it. It's absolutely insufferable. I I, I don't like... Uh, fuck you. <laughs> I, I hate so, radio rock slow songs bullshit.
2: Here's... Some more fun because McMahon claims to be mildly obsessed with space. And so, A, relating to our conversation earlier, I guarantee my dude would be writing one of the Elon Musk stand songs if the guy fell over dead. And B, the whole track is a shittier version of Rocket Man because it's all just a big drug reference instead of being actually about space. But whereas Rocket Man is one of those things that's like, this could just be pressure, my dude just outright says it. Hey, calling out to the astronaut, I need some of what you've got. I need to be high. <laughs> there is no subtlety here. <laughs> also, there is a Butthole Surfer's album, their final one from around this time, which was originally going to be called The Last Astronaut. And I like to think this song is a prequel to that except it doesn't have the happy ending of The Last Astronaut.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh,
2: someone I'm sure right now is laughing. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Um, can we talk about another song? This is 14 songs that I don't want to spend, like, time talking about The Astronaut because it's a just boring song.
2: There's some of these I have nothing about, but let's go on to Hurricane, and I've got some words for you.
0: But you so far away I'm on
1: So this is where I first noticed that this was 14 tracks on my listen. So my first note is just like, why is this 14 tracks? This is the first time that I went like, oh, I wonder how many tracks are left in this. And like, it was a lot. Also, the guitar player showed up like six tracks late. This is
2: where I realized that every song on this album is named after a disaster or a crisis. I want to save you. Punk Rock Princess, both about people who are in terrible living situations. I woke up in a car. Homelessness. If you see Jordan, bullying. The Astronaut, the Challenger explosion. Hurricane, self-explanatory. Kavanaugh Park, sexual assault on the Supreme Court. Fall, it's funny when it happens to someone else. Straw Dog, the Paw movie. Good News, that Beatles song that everyone hates. Drunk Girl, easily. Not What It Seems, gaslighting. You're gone. Kidnapping globes and maps. Missing titties. Anyhow, that's the that's the theme of this album.
1: Welcome to gotta get out of this town, the pop punk team stand up shooting show. <laughs> hey, <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Hurricane is the actual pop punk song of the record. It's more pop punky. The verses are sort of weird, but. I don't know. This is sort of decent, like it has some energy. It's very bland, radio-friendly pop punk, but eh, I'm not gonna pretend that like this is any worse than like the bad state champs. Besides, like this is fine. This is the the guy's voice sort of sucks on the more aggressive tracks. We already mentioned this. Once again, I don't think his voice works, but the chorus is okay, this song is okay, it's fine, like, this song is like, oh, we're pop-punk again, I I have something to hold on and be like, even if, like, even if this is not the best, I can still be like, this is a guitar-driven song, it's a bit energetic, it has a poppy chorus, I'm I'm just holding tight to the few bits of pop punk on this record and I'm not letting go because if I let go my brain goes away and I don't want that like my brain it's shit but I like it.
2: Well, good news. Um this song actually ties into half the stuff so you can always just loop back through Hurricane if you need to get a grasp on where we are because Uh, there's the weird misogyny of things like, I'll drown you out, you'll never scream so loud, shout out, don't drown the sound. Uh, hey, I'm dying to figure out a girl because they're aliens. There is literally the part where this whole thing is about natural disasters. These currents are still killing me, but I got pulled into your hurricane. Your ears might bleed. Pull me under your weather patterns. And of course, we start cycling into the fact that, hey, it's cool. I don't have to pay attention to you. Maybe I can just follow through and give you your dues.
1: What what what, what lyrics is this the last one?
2: That last one is near the bridge. Uh, I missed the first one. Uh, maybe this time I could follow through, feel complete, stop paying due. This time I know nothing's wrong.
1: Hmm. Yeah, again. We sort of established that these guys have very b- bad, creepy, nice guy lyrics. Uh, I miss Midtown because Midtown were incel in, like, a very darky way and, like, you know, sort of, like, inoffensive way. This guy's, like, the, the, the incelness of this guys, is the, the I'm showing up your door with a gun kind of incelness. Well, here,
2: here's the easiest way to tell. The album cover to Leaving Out the Window is a woman crawling out of what's presumably a second-floor window. But the shot is taken down her cleavage from the window. You could have filmed this from the outside of the house. You could have done a lot of things. It's literally just a window down the titty. That's it. That's something corporate. (coughs) I am going to just take a look at their next album and see if I recognize anything off it uh, or see any good review quotes oh they wanted the next album to sound like a winter album and apparently part of it was inspired by the US going to war in Iraq (sighs) okay okay Oh, my oh. God. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what I was expecting, but that was definitely not it. Also, they got it down to a mere 41 minutes.
1: Okay, how many tracks? 12. Okay. Um. I, <laughs> I, I don't have any words. I, um... Are we still in time to, like, change the teaming of this podcast?
2: Make me a pitch. I can riff anything out.
1: I don't know. Gotta ignore the scene like every other Western publication, a Japanese indie music podcast. Ooh, we could just do J-pop throughout the 2000s.
2: Let's just follow Tata Hikaru's career for a season.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's just talk about GACT. Yeah!
2: Did you know that I have to hear a Gackt song weekly doing editing for another show because he sang the theme to *Common Rider Decade?
1: Oh, that's great. That, that's very Gackt. <laughs> that is very Gackt. On the road! da 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 da! <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, so. What is next?
2: park which i know i was making the joke about consent issues and everything but boy the lyric at kavanaugh park where you took me to play in the sand you said to me son one day you'll be a man and men can do terrible things yes they can
1: yeah that's this song um so this sounds like wherever will you go this sounds like I don't want to miss a thing, and I sound like I'm going insane. Um, no,
2: no, you definitely don't, because I have the notes, this is sultry Smith about this album.
1: The only other thing I have to say about this song is that when the piano opening starts, I was expecting Let It Go to start playing, and I got really disappointed that it wasn't Let It Go. Um, yeah, that it. If you removed the piano from this album, this
2: would probably have... A punkier sound, but every time the piano comes in, it suddenly just immediately does a hard right on the wheel out of whatever they were going for. Be it a slow ballad into Vanessa Carlton got drunk at the studio again. (laughs) It's time.
1: Yes, yes. And look, again, that stuff can work, but... And I don't think it's... I don't think it's badly crafted sound-wise. Actually, props to the producer. I have seen a bit of what the guy produced, and I don't think there's anything particularly relevant, aside from oh, either in Incubus Science, which people like... I'm not a fan, but people like that record. And, uh, no, props to the producer, this is a really tightly produced pop record except that it's the kind of flavor of pop that I absolutely loathe, and that makes me angry and, like, annoyed and makes me want to die. Um, doesn't make me want to die, but, you know, that's a hyperbole for comedic, for comedic effect. It's more like when the Angry Video dream Nerd says that uh, something is, you know, a a diarrhea dump that shits other diarrhea like (laughs) it's a video game it is clearly not feces but that's a hyperbole for comedic effect and i'm doing the same are you referencing the fact that
2: one of my notes simply says avgn sounds because that happened i was
1: just saying words sometimes i do that when i don't have anything to say about a record i just start saying words to fill up the time and that is, that is my particular style of comedy, to just go on for too long. Uh, do we have anything to say about Cavanaugh Park?
2: No, and I'm going to save the next thing I was going to mention for the next track because it's a bit scant.
1: Okay. Let, 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 let's fall. let so,
2: yeah. fall.
1: See, this song is called Autumn in the UK regions. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: Uh. uh, So this is just Hurricane, but slower. And I hate it. Like, you cannot do that. You cannot have just two of the same track in the same record. Melodically, this is Hurricane again, but slower tempo.
2: It's Hurricane Plus. I want to save you because this is a verse. I kiss your neck, I feel you breathing on my shoulder. Still I'm perfect, it must be you, because now it's over. I was so close, that's the most I've ever been through. Now old cassettes and cigarettes will be the ones to save you. Just... That is chef-kiss artisanal misogyny. Nothing sums up something corporate in a single line more than Fall, I don't want to feel this small... I just can't handle this handle this at all I think that is the driving undercurrent of all all of this album is I have to be the big man in the room or something is wrong
1: mm-hmm yeah and uh let's go to straw Dogs. thats that is that that, that is a, that is a movie this is not about the movie Jessica is covered in a blanket on a Sunday.
0: Thinking of weekends She would party in the city She doesn't have a flame She'd prefer to burn out like a torch If she gets nowhere in life At least she knows she's pretty She said, hey, now The straw dog's out in the street Hey, now There's chemicals
2: I would rather be in Straw Dogs than listen to this song again, and I know what I just
1: said. Yeah. Um I don't even care which party I am. So the interesting thing about this song is that I I should like this song. Like it has a nineties alternative sound to it. The instrumentation is actually doing interesting things, the drumming does some like weird stuff. The lyrics are sort of edgy and angsty almost in an MCR way, in a My Chemical Romance way, and yet I hate this. Like, I'm not feeling this at all. I don't know if it's the guy's voice, I don't know if ever is like the pop production drains it of energy, but I, this song, if I look at it like, if you tell me about the things that happen musically in this song, I will tell you, okay, I want to listen to this song. I want to listen to the drum doing the weird breakdown at the beginning. I want to listen to the, 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 the guitar who does a bit of interesting things. I want to listen to, like, adding string to this, like, sort of edgy theme song. And yet, when I actually listen to the song, I'm like, no, I'm not feeling it. It, it lacks anything that grabs me. It lacks hooks, and I don't like it. I said that Hurricane is kind of the
2: nexus of this album that everything cycles through, but this really feels like what, especially reading that quote about how their next album is very wintry and written in response to national trauma, I feel like this is where they're going, and I want to find out if I'm correct about that when we come back to them. And it's the mellowest track on the album. It has a lot of the same themes. Hey, we got to save each other. I'm going to save you. But the woman on this one, and it's all spoken with a man singing. There's no female vocalist because fuck you. We can't have those in this band, Uh, is the one who says that I'll save you, even despite the fact that right before this is the line, make no mistake. The villains always get the girl. Cool. Just right out there. Right out there with that whole... No, they, they only like the bad boys. I know I'm I'm making this guy sound much more butch than he is. Because he sounds like this.
1: hmm And he has, like, the, you know, if you see him, like, he has, like, this blonde, like, reliant K, like, curly hair. Doesn't Yeah.
2: He has golden stiltskin curls. He's the baby that David Bowie stole in Labyrinth. <laughs> yeah.
1: And yeah, I mean, he does look exactly like the kind of person you would imagine saying that the bad guy always gets the girl, to be fair. My dude is the
2: cat's paw for the real villain in a bad monster of the week anime. <laughs>
1: What? What do you mean he betrayed me? No! <laughs> this, this whole thing, why? 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 Why?
2: Ellie, we're now two-thirds of the way through, and I think that's good news.
0: I wanna write this one up. On-
1: This is another one of the songs that I I should like. Like, I like the rhythm change on the chorus and how the tone switches, but um, this song still gets under my nerves. I don't know if it's because the chorus is so, like, aggressively a beat and just, like, I, I, I can't, but this is another song that, again, has good things in it, has, like, a, this creative interplay between, like, this really dark verse that sort of goes like sort of has this almost linking Park piano melody going on and it's very dark and then it has like this sort of rock solo um, uh, connective tissues and then it moves into this really upbeat chorus and that's really interesting and also it doesn't sound good like it's really interesting theoretically and then you listen to it and it's just like oh that just sounds a bit shite doesn't it I really like the lyrics, I want to read some good news, good news, I want to be innocent again, I want to read some good news, good news, but nothing good is happening, and like, friend, dude, if you think that in 2002 there weren't any good news, welcome to the year 2021, welcome to hell.
2: As the podcast optimist, I must say that I think we may be clawing our way out of the hole. And if not, I'm going to get there on the backs of every motherfucker I have to beat the life out of for money. <laughs> what? Okay. I will murder the rich. I, I, that is my statement. I, mean, I
1: support your statement. I think that is a ultimately like a fundamentally like morally good statement. Um Yeah. Good luck, I guess. I will wring Bill Gates' neck with my own two hands! <laughs> ah star wars jokes uh, what is that a star wars joke i was doing the emperor i haven't watched enough star wars i the only thing i know about star wars is "Luke, i am your father oh
2: okay that's about right uh here pretend i did a james Earl jones
1: voice okay i will choke bill gates with my own two hands yeah see i i, I recognize that. That, that that i recognize the emperor doesn't stick in my mind um I know the pod racing sequence from Phantom Menace. Now this is rich murder. yee Uh, What else do I know from Star Wars? Uh, The sand meme? That one I remember?
2: I hate billionaires. They're rich and own everything. I could keep doing this.
1: And, like, I know that in the last one, it turns out the protagonist from the new trilogy is, like, the nephew of, like... The bad guy from the other film, but I haven't watched those movies. I just read that, and it was really funny. Um, We can can move forward.
2: Even I haven't watched the last one.
1: I, I haven't watched any of the new ones. It's just like, I don't like this. I don't know why people like this. I don't understand humanity. I don't understand humanity seems a little hard for the movies, but all right. People treat Star Wars like it's a fucking religion, and I don't get it. Like... The original trilogy is sort of mediocre, and the, the, the prequels are just bad. I am not against spectacle.
2: I also like diversity in my ecosystem, and I think that is the larger crime. Blockbusters are choking the life out of cinema.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I kissed a drunk girl. I kissed a drunk girl, yes I
0: did. Kissed a drunk girl on the lips. I let my guard down. How could I have been so dumb? Her eyes were open. I know I am not the one. I know I am not the one. I know I am not the one. I kissed a drunk girl. Why do I do these
1: things? I do myself.
2: Anyhow, drunk girl. We've both been waiting for this one.
1: (laughs) I hate that. Why, does, why, okay. why did they put this on two records? Woo! Uh, no, okay. no, 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 no. This record was produced by MCA, two drive-thru, but this was a major label release. Who at MCA looked at the song Drunk Girl from their first record that they wrote when they were in high school? So I'm going to excuse them for this song in their first record because they were high school kids and they wrote a shitty song about kissing a girl who was drunk. And that is bad, the girl is bad for being drunk. Whatever, you were kids, you were dumb. Um, Who at MCA looked at the song and went, you know what, you should record that with like Queen Piano at the beginning and make it a big ballad on your pop major label record. I, I don't know what's happening anymore in the universe.
2: Uh, the, I think all we need to do to sum this up is just go through the first verse. I kissed a drunk girl. I kissed a drunk girl. Yes, I did. Kissed a drunk girl on the lips. I let my guard down. How could I have been so dumb? Her eyes were open. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. (laughs) That last bit just punctuates all of the raw stupidity that
1: went into this track. That's it. You could replace Drunk with Dead in all of the lyrics of the song, and the song would make the same amount of sense, which is, I don't know, at least 0.5 on our murder song counter. It's definitely close. Literally the only thing that would be weird
2: is the line where she says, no, no, it's cool, let's keep going. That's it. That's literally the only thing that changes. Also, it does make the end of the song even weirder when it's talking about a dead woman. I know you don't care about me when all is said and done and I go home feeling lonely. You'll have had your fun. Do you even remember? Just just cursing out the dead. How dare you forget me in your unlife? That is the something corporate promise.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have words from this song. It's, they may, and it's a more straightforward, like, rock song in their first record, and they had their piano, so at the beginning, it just sounds like they're going into, I don't know, Bohemian Rhapsody or something. It just sounds like a queen ballad. I, it's, it's such a weird choice in so many ways.
2: Did I bring up the Alanis Morissette cover of My Humps before? Well, when you talk about yeah, we just, we just did the same song, except now it has slow pianos. That's the vibe. This is Alanis Morissette drunk girl, as opposed to Black Eyed Peas drunk girl. Also, the Black Eyed Peas could make drunk girl a fucking banger. <laughs> That's it. That's the drunk girl rant.
1: I don't know what this podcast is anymore. And not because we're doing an offshoot. This is an official mainline episode of the podcast, and I don't know what this podcast is anymore. <laughs> I... Well, Ellie,
2: that's because it's not what it seems.
1: Song, my first note is reiterating why is this 14 tracks? Also, the song is What if Tallahassee sounded like shit? <laughs> 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 like this is, this is this is literally a song about the uh, alpha couple in Tallahassee, except it's really bad. They're definitely going down hand in unlovable hand, but I I don't know. I don't know what I want to say here.
2: I wish I had seen this earlier because I don't do the lyric check. And, like Unless something's really egregious until we get to the actual recording. Uh, someone is claiming that uh, Andrew McMahon's solo project has a song that's very similar to this called Ohio. And it's about his mother throwing him and his sibling in the car and leaving for the West Coast. And it sounds like this is a whole hey, this was the end of my parents' relationship. Except it sounds like it might have been done better there. 16 years later. But yes, this version is very much No Children But
1: It Sucks. Yeah, I'm gonna be real. Like, all of this ballads sound the same to me. All of this ballads on this record just sound the same to me. And like, the last note for me on this song is who bestunk the reason? Just to mention another ball- shitty ballad that I don't mention enough on this podcast, remember the reason?
2: Yes, I do remember the reason.
1: I'm going to be honest, I will
2: never be able to forget Huba Hoobastank, especially since they're part of the Sonic canon now.
1: Oh yeah, this is a song about the dysfunctional relationship, and it's not very, very good. I'm sorry if every time they, we talk about a song about a dysfunctional relationships, I mention the Mountain Goats, but they did a whole album about that, and it's really good. It's Tallahassee, and you should listen to it. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Tallahassee is an
2: all-timer. Let's just not even pretend.
1: It is not my personal favorite Mountain Gods record, but if you've never listened to the Mountain Gods, it is definitely a great entry point, and probably one of the quote-unquote better records than they did. I am partial to All Eternal decks, but that's just the kind of mood that you want. All Eternal decks is less bleak.
2: Yeah and this one is very I hope he wrote this when he was 16 because it's so repetitive like every track on this album and it doesn't convey my family is in free fall it doesn't convey the moment everything snapped it's just like this is a really bad road trip mom got mad at the Burger King and now we're driving home it's not what it seems it's an impossible whopper (laughs) (laughs) track 13 you're gone Yeah, my note here is, I'm damn close. We're
1: getting there. We're almost done. I hate... I don't know. As someone who hates the, the whole, like, we're gonna review bad things concept of, like, media in general, this is suffering, because this is forcing me to be negative, like, very negative about something that I really hate, and that was not, at any point, the concept for this podcast, I want to be positive. You've only had to do this
2: three times out of about 40 episodes, though. We have a good track record. Uh, We generally find something we enjoy. It's just that this week is so criminally opposed to our tastes and not within the actual mission statement of what we're supposed to be covering.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's so weird. Like, these guys were... I don't know why... Th- I guess these guys were called pop-punk just because they were on drive through Is that the thing? I don't know. As, as the one review I mentioned said, hey,
2: they're on the punk part of the website, but also on the pop part, and I have no idea why they're on the punk part. <laughs> so even the label was considering them such. Even Genius has nothing to say about this song, and that's probably because over and over and
1: over it's just the words, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. I don't hate this song. My first note is a really shitty joke, because I write down, is this about most people who listen to this record? Because by track 13, they're probably gone. Um, but yeah, no, this is another ballad, but it's a ballad with a really heavy guitar wall of sound with the guitars. And I don't know if my standard just extremely lowered throughout the listening of this record, but the song was sort of enjoyable. It was like very loud in a way that this record is not often. And uh, I don't know, it was loud. That's the best thing that I can say about this song. It was loud and not a lot of this record is loud. And I was like, yay,
2: loud. I totally understand that feeling of yay loud, because yes, on the back half of this album, that is the kind of thing that I would crave, as any stimulation. Do you want to know what I did the instant I was done with track 14, and this is not a joke? Mm-hmm. I walked into my home office, and I just started shredding documents so I could hear something with any <laughs> fucking texture at all. Just for five minutes straight until the overheat appeared on the shredder. <laughs> that's real. That's really what I did.
1: Well, that's, um... Understandable.
2: <laughs> there's nothing to these back seven. So let's go on to the final track, Globes and Maps, a.k.a. The Boob Song.
0: And there's a pain in my stomach from another sleepless page. And I struggled to get myself up again. hang on to something that won't break away or fall apart like the pieces of my heart and globes and maps are all around me now
2: I wanna feel you why is this the boob song well, the globes are D-cups and the maps are flat women. Globes and maps are all around me. I want to feel you breathe. Globes and maps I see surround no, you. No, no,
1: no. You got the line wrong. It's I want to feel you breathe me, which it's really... Co- it is. I I don't know what that means.
2: Uh, The Butthole Surfers also did a song
1: about that. It was called Pepper. I... So this is a very slow piano ballad and... um. I don't know I don't care I'm not even sure what this is about yeah the line like do you want to leave or something feels really threatening to me after all of this lyrics that we've seen in this record uh they want to uh, i don't know
2: i yeah this is a complete nonsense song i'm going to be honest nothing says how little anyone can care about this song more than, I just decided to Google it and see what the results were. And the top one is a Reddit post from rmusic nine years ago with a single deleted comment. That's it.
1: Also, uh, more, more great lyricism from something corporate is, And I can't take it anymore. Well, I know I can't take it anymore. I can't take this anymore. That's just poetry. Right there. Just Poetry.
2: Hey, I looked at the second result, and it's way worse. Our emo. I built a robot that plays globes and maps by something corporate. It's a
1: music box they built. This is like that one comic where I built a robot that just screams. <laughs> screams all the time? <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, just imagine both of us shrugging as it
1: screams through the background. I don't know, look, this is is pretty much a voice and piano thing, and it has some strings on it that are really, like, telling you that you should be feeling something, and I am not feeling anything from this, and the voice is really monotone, and they even, like, mock you at the end, because the song stops, and then there's another chorus, just being like, I fooled you, there's more of this record, and... I'm done. I don't want... This is not why I came to this podcast. This is not why I founded this. There isn't anything punk, and there isn't any real, like, emo influence, at least from, like, actual emo music. This is just 14 radio ballads. Well, 13 radio ballads, and If You See Jordan... I like If You See Jordan. Um... No... Look, I can find the good things in it. I can tell you that the production is, like, good, and the the songs are sort of well-crafted if your objective is to get some radio play and your objective is to make that kind of lightweight, like, radio music. But I hate that shit. I did not start a retrospective on the career of The Calling. I started a pop-punk retrospective podcast.
2: Here's the problem. You didn't start a podcast about The Calling... But they'll go wherever you will go, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Shall we end this, or do you have anything to say about this song?
0: Some of those that work forces are the same that burn crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that burn crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that bar crosses. Some of those that work forces draw the same that bar crosses.
2: Oh, I have nothing more to say about this song. I just have the little bit of what happened after this record, because yes, we will be covering something corporate a single time more, and that is their next album, North. After this, the band is going to have a tumultuous period where it turns out that Guitarist is to something corporate what Drummer is to Spinal Tap, and William Tell is going to depart. However, that is a story for the next time, when they decide to start going around with 311 and Good Charlotte for North.
1: Yeah, Uh, do you have any final thoughts on this record? Shall we do final thoughts?
2: I enjoyed just really getting my knives out for the first half. And then the back half was so glacial in a way that left me drained. And I don't, I am like you. I will glee more in the ability to just go at some kind of punching bag, but it's not as fun as when we have good music. And in that case, uh, this was exhausting. This was uniquely exhausting in a way so few things for this show are, especially due to the length.
1: Yeah, there is no reason this should be uh, as long as it is. It's one hour of music for 14 tracks. All of the tracks are like about four minutes long. I can see the craftsmanship in this. Like, if you like this, and a lot of people like this, and I don't want to be horrible to people who like this because I get it. It has strings, it has, like, synths right at the right time, everything enters at the right time. Very few songs go overboard with the strings, which is a big problem when bands have strings in their music. Uh, some do. Some still do, but not all of them do. And, um, uh, I don't know, it has good craftsmanship, but I fundamentally dislike this genre of radio rock ballad. The All of this sounds a lot more, like, sort of 90s radio alternative music rather than pop-punk or anything, or emo, and the lyrics are really creepy and not even in a in a midtown way, where I could sort of, like, be like, huh, that's sort of innocuous, like, some of these lyrics show a generally, like, fucked up, a uh, fucked up, like, relationship with women <laughs> Like, in in the abstract, not even in, like, the specific. And, um, yeah, that, that's creepy. And it's not even through, like, a cool emo lens. Like, this is not Finch. Because when Finch murders a woman, I'm like, go Finch! <laughs> um, when something corporate murders a woman, I'm like, please don't murder a woman to the sound of, like, piano. That's not cool. Um,
2: Interestingly enough... Uh according to one thing I'm seeing a different track from Audio Boxer was supposed to be on this record in place of if you see Jordan but it was canceled due to real world events can you guess
1: which No I haven't listened to Audio Box
2: do tell Well the track if I were a terrorist I'd bomb the graduation fills a similar niche but did not get planted because September 11th Wow That is yes What is next week, Flash? Next week, we're going to be talking about the third studio album by the Get Up Kids,
1: On A Wire. (sighs) I'm looking forward to that. That's gonna be... I hope that's good. I think that's... that's gonna be... I'm gonna be positive. That's gonna be good. That is gonna be good. It's the album the Get Up Kids did that put them on the tour with the
2: Alkaline Trio.
1: I like both of those bands, so... come on. Come on. This is gonna be good. Fletch. Fletch. I hope so. You, you, you need to say it. You need to say it.
2: This is going to be good.
1: Thank you. <laughs> this is going to be good. I, be, yeah, I, be, I, I expect we'll this. have more fun. I believe that we can put this podcast back on track before Avrin Lavigne just derails it again. But this is going to be good. This is going to be good.
0: Same song, different chorus.
1: So, this was an episode, you can find us as always on our fantastic website getoutofthistown.com, you can mail us at getoutofthistownpodcast at gmail.com, you can add us at Podcast on, on the Twitter, and uh, yeah, if you're a uh, Something Corporate fan you can like insult us there, that's fine.
2: If you think I'm a little redheaded bitch, you can fight me.
1: We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. We're everywhere. Um, if you listen to us on Spotify and you want to know what we think about your band, like listen to the whole episode because it becomes very obvious if you stop listening right when we mention you and they don't follow us on Twitter. Um, that happened. Uh, I'm not gonna mention which band, but that happened with a roundup episode. <laughs> oh lord. Yeah, that's right, I remember that story. We have data, we have data. Or, if you're gonna do that, just download it instead of- Spotify gives you very accurate data up until when people listen to the thing. It's really funny. Um, yeah, rate and review us, if you will. Um, I don't know. next up is the get-up kids, I like them. And yeah, do you have anything to plug, Fletch? you can find
2: me at by the time this comes out my fully redesigned website hellscaper.com there are surprises there waiting for you
1: uh, you can find me on Twitter at ACC the moon and if you want to support us we do not have a patreon uh, but I do not have a joke this week goodbye <laughs> see ya
0: i've got the time to stick around i'll catch my flight Lake like a pop pumpkin get out of this town what's on your mind there's no point left to keep your image down let's terrify
2: did you know there are over 40 symbiotes in the marvel universe